The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, um, everything, uh, everything is teaching us, Ajahn Chah says, right, famously. Everything is teaching us. We want to learn from life. And uh, maybe we say implicit in that is that we, we neither want to uh, overlearn or underlearn from experiences. So overlearn. When we overlearn, we make an experience mean too much. This or that experience disproportionately um, shapes our model of the world, our model of ourselves, right? We know those experiences that have such a deep kind of emotional resonance, a deep impact that we make it mean so much, maybe an experience of fear. For example, we can overlearn from it. We can generalize in ways that are not justified. We make it mean too much about the rest of our life. That experience means too much. And there's so much feeling and so much affect, so many thoughts that we endow it with this uh, enormous significance. We can overlearn, but we can also underlearn, underlearn. And by underlearn, what I'm pointing to is the ways we can fail to appreciate um, that this experience has implications for everything else. And in our Dharma practice, we're sort of weaving and bobbing between overlearning and underlearning. We're trying to learn. And this, um, this week, um, I'll be uh, exploring the theme of, of mortality. And the ways we uh, can learn from it, the ways in which you can be softened or hardened by it. And this is a, a zone where we can overlearn or we can underlearn. We can endow it with too many meanings or too few. We can, on the one hand, just appreciate mortality, death is not such a big deal. And, uh, and we can also appreciate the, the depth of poignancy, this life, birth, death. And so um, I'm thinking about this um, really because I, I sort of always am, uh, but uh, also uh, had a, a death in the family 
one month ago and and I've just been watching my heart, watching my heart. And um trying to appreciate the the ordinariness of death, you know, like at the the funeral, the the grave diggers who are like very respectful, but they're there having a very different day than everyone else. They're planning their day, they're coordinating, they're eating their lunch. Very, very ordinary. And, and we ought not make death seem too ordinary or we must not miss its significance. We cannot, we ought not underlearn. The letter um, Kafka wrote, uh, the meaning of life is that it stops. And we can interpret that in a, a kind of very bleak way that that death blots out all meaning. The meaning of life is that it stops. Or that finitude is what makes anything meaningful. Immortality obliterates meaning. Life is meaningful because it ends. And so this week, uh, yeah, is about death supporting life, informing life, teaching us about Dhamma, the ways that um, mortality informs our practice. And I... um, you know, consider this sacred ground, sacred ground. Uh, I I remember I was 29 years old and I was doing the, the year to live practice, Stephen Levine's practice of, you know, following a book with a group and living as if it's the last year of one's life. And I was 29 and healthy. And I remember telling my neighbor who was, uh, uh, lived right across, right across the hall, and she was Holocaust survivor. Entire family was was killed, and um, and very, you know, that was an ever present reality in her life. And I remember she asked me about the program, like, "What what are you doing?" And then I remember her indignation, you know, when I explained this this practice, you know. And I remember her saying, like, uh, you know, you weren't there. You weren't in the camps. You you don't know. You don't play games. Don't play games with this question, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. And uh, I'm trying to understand. And... uh, Ask your understanding. We all have our own relationship to this question. And um, this is sacred ground. And I'm old enough now where uh, uh, 
Kaiser is is actively searching for uh, for my death and testing my body each year. And this year, negative. Next year, don't know. It's not negative forever. My um, maternal, uh, paternal grandmother, um, paternal grandmother died when my dad was 12, just before his bar mitzvah, actually. And, um, And my paternal grandfather had mental illness and uh, often thought he was dying even when he wasn't. And um, maybe not an accident that both of their children studied medicine, my dad and uncle um, studied medicine, trying to navigate, master the realm of, of illness and birth and death. And so somehow I've always kind of, yeah, just felt felt the presence of uh, death, the meaning of it, trying not to uh, underlearn or overlearn from it. And so how can... Um, how can our dharma practice be informed by this? How can our our wisdom and love be informed by mortality? And I I sometimes sometimes say something like, uh, a good death starts now, good death starts now. I get that, but um, was struck. I, I said that in some retreat, and this yogi uh, in one of our practice meetings very thoughtfully kind of pushed back. You know, I was so struck by what she said. She said, "Like, what? What do you mean by a good death?" and she said that the very great mystery, you know, really equivalent to the mystery of life. And uh, I took what she said to heart, you know, don't know. And so we, we respect, uh, we respect that, respect the, the mystery of it all. And um, I don't, uh, I don't know that Dharma or anything is a, is a kind of perfect, perfect consolation for death, for the changingness of, of all things. That may be the perfect consolation, but, uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So that's uh, that's our, our theme for this week, uh, how uh, death can uh, inform our practice, inform 
our samadhi, our sila, sense of self, inform our love, how death can inform our love. So I'm happy to uh, to be with you and uh, exploring this. So may uh, yeah, may we have a good day and see you um, see you tomorrow. Yeah.